Suddenly Selena, which is a reference to a 90s sitcom that nobody should have watched because it's not that good. And it was so unremarkable that they aired the last four episodes of the final season in the middle of the night just to like kind of tie things up uh, because it was just kind of tanking and nobody cared. So yeah, shout out to the sitcom, which is Suddenly Susan, which you really should not have watched. Why would you watch it? Anyway... So we're all still quarantined, and that's going great, as if by great we mean terrible and totally isolating and endless with, anyway. So yeah, so one day, (laughs) we'll look back on these episodes and think, ah, those were the days when we were all staying inside because literal death was happening all around us. Uh, Shout out to essential employees, especially grocery store workers, sanitation workers, medical personnel, and pretty much everybody but the fucking pigs. Fuck 12. Fucking cops are not essential employees, and I will live and die by that. Anyway, every episode we begin with a segment we call Historical Hose. This week's historical hoe is Sechir Para. I got my information from a number of sources this time, bulking up my research. So, uh, the first one is Istanbul, A Traveler's Reader by Lawrence Kelly, and this is a book that you can buy online. Another one is Royalty's Strangest Characters, Extraordinary But True Tales of 2,000 Years of Mad Monarchs and Raving Rulers by Geoff Tibbles. Um, shout out to Whores of Yore. Always getting info from there and ottoman.ahaya.net, my pr- most credible source, clearly. Anyway, so it's very difficult to find any information about Sechiripada because, well, history is a man's game. Nevertheless, what is written about her is quite interesting. But we must begin with the man who, unfortunately, was written about endlessly instead of our historical hoe, Sechiripada. So, Ibrahim the Mad was born 1615, and he was heir to the Sultanate after his brother was executed. So prior to becoming Sultan, Ibrahim had been locked up by his brother in a tower in the castle called the Cage until he turned 23. And this is clearly traumatic. When he was finally released, he was still terrified of what his brother might do to him if he found out that he was out of the cage, and he refused to come out until he saw proof that his brother was really, really, truly dead. And even when he saw his dead brother, his mother still had to coax him out. So, needless to say, Ibrahim had a pretty rough childhood. As soon as he emerged from his childhood prison, literal childhood prison, he was completely taken by the delights of the world around him. Having a harem was super reg, and his mom helped him acquire numerous concubines. He was rumored to have sex with a different concubine once every hour, 24 hours a day, which sounds impossible, but also make me think of, makes me think about like when dogs try to mark their territory and pee, but like, really they try to pee, but like no pee comes out after a point and they just still just kind of hop up and roll with the gesture of it. I mean, is this humanly possible? 
would you have to be a minute man to accomplish this kind of thing is it like a one and like a one pump and done situation is it like popping your peen in a puss for a second and then like calling it sex i have so many questions and no real answers because way back when nobody was answering or nobody was asking the difficult questions anyway he adored furs he covered his room in furs from floor to ceiling and wore special orgy fur robes lined with fur he also apparently shaved his cats and put them in fur robes too which also seems logistically impossible because i can't imagine a cat not immediately ripping off a fur robe but anyway he loved flowers and he wove them into his hair, which was apparently not acceptable in Turkish culture for a man because, well, flowers symbolized women, obviously, with their delicacy and sweet scent. And thinking back to the 1600s, everybody's thinking about people smelling quite sweet, right? Um, anyway, he also dressed his harem really well in lavish silks, Venetian velvet, and gold brocade. And when Ibrahim wasn't... Uh, with women, he hung out with musicians and gestures. He'd wander around the city enjoying life, as one would after being locked up in a tower for 23 years. The Prophet Muhammad used to say that God placed his joy and delight in three things, prayer, perfume, and women. And a poet said that just as prayer and perfume rise to heaven, women who live among perfumes and prayers as devout beings veiled in clouds of sweet scent raise women or raise men to celestial regions so um pretty that is very poetic and uh sure another strange quirk of ibrahim was that he would gather his harem together and make them all get naked and then he would get naked and pretend to be a stud stallion galloping around them, neighing and ma making them pretend to be horses too. And he would come around and like stick his dick in each of them, as one does when pretending to be a stud horsey. Since Ibrahim had been locked up for 95% of his life, the world was a sensual experience. He saw a cow's genitals and was like, wow, that's really fucking hot. And then he set his team out to find a woman with a body as voluptuously thick as a cow. He casted the cow's junk in gold and sent this gold statue all over the empire with orders to find a woman that sexy. And that is where we meet Sachir Para. She was living in Armenia and weighed 150 kilograms, which is impressive that it has made uh, that that little tidbit of information has made it this far through history. She was a big lady. Sachir Para translates to sugar lump, or more cutely, sugar cube. Little sugar cube. Ibrahim was obsessed, and she soon became his favorite concubine. He granted her everything she requested, including governorship of Damascus, which is pretty fucking amazing. I love that Ahura was like, I want to be in charge of fucking Damascus, and literally got her wish. Unfortunately, her power was threatening to other people, and she made a lot of enemies. Sachir Potter was a master manipulator. She floated a rumor that one of Ibrahim's concubines had cheated on him with an outsider, but she didn't know which one, which sent him into a batshit rage. His chief eunuch tried to torture information out of the women to find out who had been unfaithful, but literally, Sachir Para had no proof, or at least wasn't willing to share how she got this hot tip. 
So when the torture didn't work out, Abraham decided to drown every single woman in his 280 concubine-strong harem, tying them up in sacks and throwing them into the river, except for Sachipara and the mother of his eldest son, who would be heir to his throne. So pretty terrifying and only woman one woman survived because her sack was improperly tied and a french ship happened to be passing and saved her this would be both ibrahim and sachipara's undoing it was clearly quite a traumatic thing for people to hear about people were also quite alarmed by the amount of power sachipara seemed to be gaining over the affairs of the empire especially ibrahim's mother who was essentially running the empire while he went off and enjoyed his debauched lifestyle. The sultana was jealous of Sachipara's sway over Ibrahim, so one day she invited her to a dinner and had Sachipara strangled. The sultana tried to pass off the death as a sudden tragic occurrence. Meanwhile, people were like, Ibrahim's doing wild shit, spending hella bread and taxing people, which is threatening the empire. We need to get rid of this guy. And the people, aided by Ibrahim's own mother, the sultana, staged a coup and locked Ibrahim back in the cage, where she screamed incessantly for ten days until he, too, was strangled. A fun fact, his mother was also strangled. So this is a... So this kind of marked the beginning of the end, or I guess the beginning of the decline of the Ottoman Empire, which everybody should read up on, including me. And that is the very interesting story of Sugar Cube, aka Sachipara. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Ho in the Know. I'm Slide Your Dick Between My Quarantitty, Selena, and I'm joined today by Venus. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a special quarantine edition, and we also have here um, our wonderful friend, Wonder. Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> we're all kind of squeezed into, we're squeezed into my studio around one mic. Um, because we're having a little bit of technical difficulties, but you know what? Uh, we must go on. <laughs> and the show must go on. The show must go on. <laughs> uh, interviews must go on. Strippers still need to talk. Hell yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, we know each other from work, but we're not going to drop the name of where we work, because that's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. Um, but... So, we work at the same club, and you've been dancing for how long? Um, it's been about six or seven months now. Oh, wow. So, it's been, like, a very short amount of time. Like, is that in total at any club? Um, yeah. I think maybe seven and a half, eight, but I'm pretty sure it's, like, more on the six or seven side. But, yeah, that's in total. Oh, okay. So, did you, like, try other clubs before going to our club? Yeah, I did. I tried a club in Anaheim. Can I say that? Yeah, you can. Yeah, of okay. course. Can I say the name of the club? Sure. Go. Okay, you don't so, work there. Yeah, that's true. Um, I started at this club called the Library Gentlemen's Club in Anaheim. Oh, man. I've been so curious about that club. Um, it's a good club. Um, it's definitely not as good as the club that we work at now. It's not as lively and not in as good of a like area for people to come, but... Is it kind of industrial? Yeah, it okay. is. Yeah. And... Um, I don't know. Just the money's not as good. Yeah. What are the like dance prices there? 
Um, they only have lap, regular lap dances, which are $20, and it's only topless. And then the most expensive uh, lap dance they have is a VIP, and that's only 100 and the house gets $20. Oh. I know. So you have to do yeah, a lot. So you have to, like, work a lot harder to, like, make your money as quickly as you can whenever 100%. dances are, like, 600 like, at our club. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, like, in, in $100 is what? How long? How would it how long would it have been? Um, $100. That would be four songs. Oh, okay. Yeah. So are they still like two minutes, two and a half minute songs? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Just that's, about... that's kind of sim. Well, I guess like at our club, it's like we get five songs and then by the end of that, we make $110. Right. So, so. it's, it's like worth it. I feel like. Yeah. 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 Cause it's... you're lucky to get like two or three maybe vips in one night there when you know where we work you could get that could be like you could do a bunch of those and make yeah money, yeah so, yeah is the library like a bikini club or is it um like full nude it's bikini oh okay so it's only topless yeah and are they like super strict about rules there like well, yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah because I, I think well i've heard like whenever you get into like the oc and stuff and like down to san diego it gets like a lot more strict about everything yeah 100 percent. and the dances they would have the guys would have to put their hands on the walls oh what yeah they can't even touch you like if they if uh, a bouncer caught them touching you they would say something and then the second time they'd be like okay the dance is over oh no i know it was crazy so definitely not as much like you know free like free wiggle room and stuff you know to do your own thing yeah yeah so and it's not as enjoyable for the customers, I feel like, if they're just, like, you know, frozen to a wall like that. Yeah. It's respectful, I guess, but it's, you know. Well, yeah, but, I mean, it's also just, like, it gets in the way of everybody's money and, like, for experience sure. in the end. And it's, like, how can you really focus on, like, giving a good lap dance or whatever whenever you're, like, am I staying this distance away from him? Is my foot on the ground? Is this and that right. happening? Like, yeah, that's kind of where my head was at working there. I was, like... Felt like I was being watched like a hawk all the time. Didn't know if I was doing something wrong or something. I don't know. It was just a very hard place to make the kind of money that we want to. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get into the industry? Well, I actually um, knew these two girls that lived close to me. And I was going through a hard time in my life at the time. My dad kicked me out and I had just quit competitive dancing. So I was kind of lost a little bit. I just graduated high school and it was something I always had thought about doing Yeah. Um, in the back of my mind. Of course, I didn't want to tell my parents that, <laughs> but after my dad kicked me out, I was kind of like, all right, well, I'm 18 now, and this is something that I've been thinking about doing for a long time. So I asked my friends who were in it. They kind of gave me the ropes and took me to my first club. What advice did they give you? Um, advice that they gave me was they told me to be myself, which is something that I already, like, knew was an important thing to do. Um, they told me to not trust everyone in the mm. industry. Like, not trust the dancers and not trust the customers or... Mostly, I or? think all of it. Like, they basically yeah. was just, like, watch your back. Yeah. Um, other advice they gave me was, like, keep your head on straight and listen to, like, be mindful of the things that you're comfortable with and the things that you're not, mm. you know? So, like, know yourself. And they talked to me also about the whole tough skin thing. 
and making sure that, you know, they also wanted to make sure that before they drug me in there that it was something I wanted to do too. But I knew before even going to them that I was like, you know, I want to do this. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I like that they were like very um, careful with you, you know, like Mm -hmm. they were like, okay, like this is a big decision, you know, like be aware and don't, they weren't just like, you know, come on. Yeah, let's do it. Whatever. (laughs) Party. Like, yeah, I think people kind of have a mis, have a misconception, like, you know, that, um, it's just kind of like you just fall into it and stuff like that. But it's like, it sounds like there was a lot of thought beforehand and like consideration and consulting people for advice and like planning around your decision. 100%. I don't like to go into anything like unplanned or, yeah. And I also wanted to go in like, like ready. Like it looked like I knew what I was doing. Obviously when you first start, you don't always know what you're doing, but (laughs) I wanted to at least know something so it was easier for me to, you know, to get dragged in other directions that I didn't want to be in. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, like, with baby strippers, I feel like there's kind of, like, two categories. So, like, one is the baby stripper who doesn't own any lingerie and, like, walks in with something from Target. Right. And <laughs> then the other side of it is, like, the baby stripper who, like, has 110% a look, you know? Like, right. they're, like... Like, for example, um, like, Harley. Like, Harley, whenever she came in, she was fully Harley Quinn, like, all the time. Like, right. half of her head was red. Half the other head, side is blue. She always yeah. had, like, all of her outfits were around it. And the music was from the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So it's like... And I I don't know what you were like, but you kind of seem like a person in the category, too. Like, who would have her thing. Right, know? yeah. What? How do, how do you describe, like, what you looked like whenever you came in? Um, like what my style was, yeah, kind of. Yeah, what was your style? So, um, I go by the name of Venus, like you said, or like they know. Um, so my style always has really, since I was a cheerleader and a dancer, um, I've always really been into like unique things that pop, like sparkle. And since I'm named after like the goddess of love, I wanted to give off that persona of like, like sparkles and like classy, mm-hmm. but like a sensual bad bitch kind of look you know what I mean so there wasn't really a certain like you know character but it was like this persona that I wanted to fulfill and you know like Venus is a goddess and Mm -hmm. you know she's um you know the one who she's just like a beautiful creature and that's kind of what I wanted to come across with the purple hair and all that stuff kind of ethereal looking you know yeah like very much goddess vibes yeah like a fairy kind of like a yeah yeah real being maybe kind of like i mean you wear a lot of like soft pastel-y colors and um like your like kind of feathery things yeah like the transparent robes and like kind of like it's like a glowy kind of like jewelry look Yes, that's exactly how I describe <laughs> it. Yeah, that's perfect. Did you, so, and you kind of came in like that? Yeah, actually, um, yeah, I did. Actually, all of the, uh, my pink robe that I have that I wear actually a lot, I auditioned in that. Oh. Um, and then I bedazzled, I used to bedazzle like bikinis and stuff. So I came in wearing like that. And I think my style has stayed the same but it's like progressed in a better way like Mm -hmm. like become more refined yeah exactly Uh um at first I kind of was going for that but I wasn't I was testing different things because I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted you know what exactly I wanted to what kind of Venus were you (laughs) yeah um 
Well, I mean, just like, you know, uh, to say that you were trying to test out like what version of Venus. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. I feel like when I came in, I was more of like a, like an innocent Venus. Now I feel like when I walk in there, I feel like, like woman Venus. <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't know how to put that any other yeah. way, but, um, I don't know. Like, I wasn't sure I had purple hair now. When I first came in, I was like, I'm not sure if I want the purple hair. Maybe blonde is a better, like, you know, wow appearance on stage. And then, you know, I got bored of that. Now I'm purple again. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. Um, do you remember your audition? I do. Uh, at which place? Where we work now? Yeah, sure. Or both. Both. I'm curious about the very first one. I do remember... But, so I've actually auditioned three times. Okay, okay. Um, my very first audition ever, I was nervous. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect at all, but I did really well. I actually got tipped by people, and um, I felt like I knew what I was doing. Like As soon as I got on stage, it was like second nature to me. I don't know. It felt right. Um, but at my audition at where we work at now, I remember... Um, I don't know if I should say his name. Um, you don't have to say the name. Like, the manager or... Yeah, the manager. Yeah, the manager. <laughs> um, I remember I told him I was 18, and he was like, wow, you're young. Like, what are you doing here? I think he was, like, shocked. I don't know why. Even though there's a lot of young girls that work there now. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, are you ready for this? And I was like, yeah, like, I got this. Oh, that's so interesting that he was, like, concerned. Well, he just didn't believe me. He didn't believe me that I was 18. He was like, is this a real ID? Like, are you actually 18? Because people tell me, I guess he thought I looked older. So I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, wow, you're such a baby. Oh, you can say what you're going to say. Well, I just, I mean, it's kind of weird because, like, you look really young. Like, it's not like I'm I surprised. Know, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> That's like, what I said. I was like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm rude. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he's like, okay, well, you're up, you're up next. Get on stage, audition. I was totally, like completely comfortable with it like because I like I told you I was a competitive dancer so I'm used to being on stage all the time and I was proud of myself after my audition and the manager also was very surprised that I was as comfortable in my skin at my age I think that's the biggest thing that shocked him is he didn't expect me to go off on stage like that I guess I don't know what it was maybe he I don't know I guess some girls they even still tell me now like when they get on stage they're shy a little bit yeah, I mean, there's still some dancers who, like, don't dance on stage, you know? Yeah, at all, that's true. Which, I mean, it's kind of rare. Our club definitely pressures people to actually go on stage, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, there are dancers who only work the floor and, like, talk to people, so... Um, I, and I, that's kind of, like, a weird, specific thing to have. Like, I always wonder how they're able to manage that, but... So, um... So you... So, talking about, like, your first, first audition, um, what did you wear? Um, I actually wore my pink robe. Okay. And I wore this, uh, like, pink lacy lingerie that I have, and it actually has, like, pearls hanging from the sides of it. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, and, and I wore sparkly, like, just regular sparkly pleasers, so I, f I felt like that was like, the vibe I wanted to give up. And I still wear that now. That's so cool that you already had pleasers. Like, was it your stripper friends that were like, you need these shoes? No, I actually, um, I liked to play dress up before I did. So I had, like, a, a hot pink pair of pleasers before I even started dancing because I wasn't, I didn't even really know that they were for stripping. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, 
like at the heart of things. I just thought they were like dope shoes that people wore. So I was like, these are cool. I want to wear these for like a photo shoot. And I did. And then I saw that girls had shoes just like it. And I was like, oh my gosh, look how perfect. And actually one of the, one of my friends gave me a white pair of, um, ankle boots. Oh yeah. So I'm looking at them in front and they're just like these sparkly white, um, they're like, like, they look like eight inch heel boots, you know, like, and they're, they're really pretty. So did your stripper friends like tell you what you needed to bring? Like, did they tell you like, oh, you need to bring a bag or like, you need to bring baby wipes. You need to bring outfits. Yeah, they did. And they were like the whole money bag situation. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they pretty much had everything covered. And then as I went on my own, I figured out other, like other little things I needed, like wipes. They didn't tell me about wipes because I, I didn't start at, you know, a bottomless place, but yeah, I mean, the thing with wipes is like, they can be good kind of regardless because you get sweaty yeah that's true and that's like like not really cute yeah it's like that didn't happen yeah yeah things get a little humid and baby wipes come in handy oh yeah um so and were you accepted after both of uh, after your first auditions everywhere oh yeah girls were actually really nice to me um and and like the club hired you right yeah yeah they did they hired me right away I worked that night and the girls at first, with new people, I feel like some girls are a little standoffish because mm-hmm. they probably have been there for so long that they don't know what to expect out of a new girl. Yeah. But for the most part, people approached me in, like, a very, like, nice way and helped me out even, so that was cool. Oh, that's really good that they were, like, already kind of helpful with you from the start. Yeah, no one was like, mm, you know, this bitch. <laughs> what is she doing here? So it felt more of, like, a family than, like, cliques then. 100% for me at least I don't know I can't say for other people at our club but mm-hmm. I had a good experience with that at first there definitely are cliques though I would say there I feel like there are some cliques but I think people are generally very friendly mm-hmm. I mean I hear more from some other girls that they have trouble with other girls but like I haven't had that experience I've been very friendly with everybody yeah you're really you're really nice though it's kind of hard to like be threatened <laughs> by someone who's like just doing their thing you know they're yeah. not trying to bother you yeah, I mean, but some yeah. people are, like, trying to pick fights, and, like, I, I mean, when I've worked at other clubs, it's been, like, a lot more cliquish and a lot more, like, aggro, like, girls trying to get into it, like, some girls just wanted to fight. Oh, actually, okay, I did have an experience with one girl, um, at the club when I first started, and she was, um, she was mad because of one of her customers came up and started talking to me, and she wanted to start something with me for, like, a week after that, but... After she realized that, like, I don't do that kind of thing with people, <laughs> like, I don't, uh, what's the word? You're not looking for the conflict? Yeah, I'm not looking for it. I'm just kind of like, okay, well, I wasn't trying to hurt you or anyone else. She kind of, like, backed off. But that's pretty much, that's really it, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard, like, I think sometimes, like, navigating those relationships with customers because, like, I have a lot of times, like, customers will come in because I've invited them in and, like, we've set up a thing and then, like, other girls will, like, come sit on them and they'll, like, be polite or something or I'll, but I'll try and, like, flag the guy, like, hey, like, I'm here. Right. <laughs> and then sometimes I'll, like, let the, the other girl try and make her sale because, like, I'm not trying to, like, step on somebody's toes, but it's, like, you know, it gets complicated whenever, you know, there's only so many customers in the club or, like, they don't know that this is your regular and how do you explain that? 100%. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, some of, like, my most loyal customers usually will let the girl know in, like, a respectful manner so that I don't have to be the one to be, like, 
Yeah. Just get off, you know? Because that's there's never <laughs> something you want to have to do, you know? Like, I don't want to be mean. No, and I don't want to... I don't want to tell that to another girl and stuff. I mean, like, I guess in a way it can be helpful because, like, then you're stopping her from wasting her time. But some girls just don't want that help. Like, they want to just shoot their shot, you know, Mm -hmm. however it goes. Um, So do you have regulars? I do, actually. I have... um... I have several very loyal ones, actually. I actually, some of them I even, like, talk with. Yeah. I don't mind, like, texting and stuff because they've become, like, friends to me. So that's a really cool relationship to have, like, when it's a when it's a good one, you know, with your customers. So, yeah. Yeah, I think um, regulars, I mean, it's kind of easiest to have regulars whenever they're, like, people that are decent enough, you know, like, that you could get along with in a general sense. Um so what are your, like, how many you have approximately, if you had to guess? Like, under 10, over 10? Um, it's probably somewhere bete- between, sorry, between, mm, I'd say probably about 10, maybe 12. Um, those are, like, core ones, like, good ones. Like, there's some that I see maybe, like, once every couple of months. But I have people that will come in if they're free, if I ask them to. So that's probably about 10. That's so good. I mean, that, like, makes up such a substantial bit of income. What does it take for, like, them to, like, so do you give out your number? Um, It depends on the person, but I try to not if I don't feel like they're a reliable customer or, like, or if it's in, like, a creepy sense, you know? Because I don't want to be harassed, really, over the phone. Yeah. So... I I mean, my policy with, like, giving out my number is, like, you need to buy X amount of dances with me and tip me X amount, you know? Right, yeah, 100%. So so it's, like, you know it's real. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, I want you to, like, spend at least $200 to get my number, you know? Yeah, okay, I feel, I haven't, like, said that in my mind, but that's pretty much where I go with it. If they're just there talking, like, hey, can I get your number? Yeah, exactly. Like, no. You're not a regular, you're just a guy who wants a number. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, you can't, and you can't take me out outside of here. (laughs) They all ask that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, something interesting about you that we just talked about earlier today is that your mom had worked at a strip club before. Yes, she did. Um, I don't actually know... Oh, I just wiped my eyeshadow. I don't actually know what city it was because my mom's lived all over the country, but um, my mom was a bartender at a strip club for many years, I think probably, not many, but like four or five. And That's a while. Yeah, for her, I was surprised when she told me that. I was like, dang. <laughs> but um, when my brother was born, um, our, my family's first child, uh, she decided to start uh, to start stripping for extra income to help pay rent and because she thought you know obviously bartenders at a strip club they make decent money but you know the entertainment is really where the money's at so she wanted to see if she's cut out for it my mom's not really a super sensual person or like a dancer (laughs) it comes from my grandma mostly so she wasn't cut out for it but um she did personal train a lot of the strippers to help keep them in shape which I think is cool that's so cool so your mom is like pretty fit Oh, yeah, she, like, hasn't eaten a French fry in, like, 25 years. Like, oh, she's insane. Oh, my God. I, I, I love French fries. I love French fries, too. <laughs> <laughs> but she's she's helped me learn, like, healthy habits. But, yeah, she's she's pretty ripped for a 54-year-old, I'd say. Oh, that's awesome. I, like, yeah, definitely cool. do need to see pictures. I'm so curious. Like, I love that because my mom is uh, kind of similar. Like, she was also a personal trainer for a long time. Oh, that's cool. And um, always super into fitness and always, like, super fit. Like, 
everyday like fitness stuff. So um, I, I love that. Yeah. Um, what do you think about stripping? Like, how do you feel about it as like a profession or as a job? And like, you know, um, what do you think about it as it's perceived in society? Um, well, how I feel about stripping, I absolutely love it. Uh, if I haven't made that very obvious. Um, <laughs> what do you love about it? I don't know. Like, I've always been a performer, and I think, like, the freedom is what's, like, the most beautiful thing about it, and the creativity, like, putting your time and effort into, like, what we were talking about, your style, and everyone's style of dance is different, too, and I don't know. You meet, you have a lot of good opportunities, I think, being a stripper, and you learn a lot. Um, I think that we don't get enough credit for the shit that we get put through Mm -hmm. um, by society. I think that um, there's a, like, a lot of people have a bad stigma on it because of maybe, I don't know, movies or, you know, whatever it is. Um, But I think, I don't know, I think, like I said, I just think that we don't get enough credit for it. And we we work long nights, like what, to like 4 a.m.? Yeah, we work long nights. And we make an honest living doing Mm -hmm. it, you know? And I think it's just as much of a job as anything else. If anything, it's harder Mm -hmm. than a lot of jobs, like mentally, physically, everything. Yeah, I mean, it's so demanding of, like, all parts of you. 100%. And we were talking earlier, like, it takes tough skin for it. Um, But I feel like you really have to not care about what society thinks to be, you know, be good at your job, especially because like that alone will just like tear you down Mm -hmm. like it's it's yeah I mean it's it's like definitely so complicated the way that you perceive it and how like the things that I think dancers think about about our job that are difficult like are not what people think are difficult like we feel like you know and I think of what's hard about my job I'm like well standing for like six to eight or ten hours in high heel shoes my back (laughs) Dancing on stage, like, all night long. Um, finding things, like, small talk with people who are, like, just strangers. who's just like, oh, well, <laughs> what do I talk about here? Right. Um, keeping track of your money, you know? Oh, yeah. Can be hard being it. smart with it. Like, you know, knowing how much you've made in a night, like, depending on how many dances and making sure that you get it. Because a lot of managers get sloppy with that, you know? Like, 100%. I've definitely been almost shortchanged a couple of times. And, like, I had to, like, make sure I had my receipts and made, sh- like, was like, I did this and this and this and check with this person. Um, and, yeah, not letting rejections get to you. Like, I would say that's... Yeah. I also think one thing I've noticed lately um, is, like... It seems like stripping has become not mainstream in a way, but, like, I feel like people are looking at it as, like, a, you know, like, I want to be one. It's cool, but, you know, especially when we're talking about the whole, like, pole dancing thing. Yeah. And I just feel like people, like, that feel like it's so cool and they, I don't know, want to do it because it's, like, mainstream and everything. They just, like, don't really understand what all like what all goes into it like we were talking about yeah so that's another thing I feel about it with especially like girls my age that I know they always ask me about it and I want to give them advice but I don't want to be the reason why someone fails in that industry you know what I mean oh yeah I mean for me it's like I don't want to go into giving you all of this really useful advice that took me years to figure out if you're like 
not even going to walk in the door and, like, work more than, like, one shift, you know? That's my biggest pet peeve, too. it's, like, I put so much into this, and it's, and, like, I could be really helpful, but, like, I don't want you to waste my time. Right. And, like, one thing I've learned dancing is, like, the importance of people not fucking wasting my yeah, time. Yeah, time's so <laughs> valuable in our job, too. Yeah. Like, 100%. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. So, like, what's it like depositing money at the bank? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Actually, that's that's such a funny question because I go to the same bank all the time because the people there know me. They know what I do for work, and they're like my they become like my friends now. So I go there, and they're like counting all the money and like you know making sure it's all neat. And they're mm-hmm. like asking me how my shifts were the past week, and we're just like we're super chill about it and. <laughs> It's, um, it's actually at first, my first time ever going to the bank with a lot of money, I was like, oh my God, they're going to think like I'm a drug dealer. Like, mm-hmm. what do I say? My friend's like, don't say anything. It's your money. I'm like, okay. And then the first couple, after the first couple of bank trips, it's like fun now. You can talk yeah. to them about it and they're cool. Oh my God. I have like a great relationship with my bank teller too. Like <laughs> she, whenever we first met, she was like super pregnant and like we talked all through her pregnancy and stuff. And she's like, oh, like I always thought about being a stripper. Like I wanted to do it. Um, and then I got pregnant, and she's like, maybe I'll do it after. I've always wanted ass implants. <laughs> it was <laughs> so cute. She that. was, like, adorable, and she's, you know, she just checks in on me, and I, like, check up on her, too, and ask her about her baby, which is now born. It's like, but she knows what I do. Like, she knows I'm a stripper, and, like, we talk about it a little bit. Right. It's, it's cool. It's not like you can hide it, you know? Exactly. Well, because they would ask me, too. They're like, oh, so, you know. You get paid in cash at work, and I'm like, okay, yeah, before you <laughs> jump to any conclusions, mm-hmm. I am a stripper, because, you know, it's kind of awkward being like, yeah, you know, I'm not a drug dealer. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, the thing about dancing is that, like, it's treated like a profession that isn't legal, even though it's, like, fully legal. Right. That's what makes me most upset about it, is, like, I think it's going to take a while and it's going to take a lot of like people standing up for it for people to finally be like, okay, it's, it's legal and we should treat it as such. I hate when people like give you that like head cock when they like find out that you are a stripper too. Yeah. It's like, what? Like, Like, (laughs) I'm not doing anything wrong. (laughs) Yeah. There's like tax regulations for this, you know, like people have to get permits. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm licensed. Like, what do you think? (laughs) Yeah. Um, what is like so stripping has affected my body and my sense of body a lot like has it affected how you see yourself and how you perceive your own body and your own attractiveness um yes not all negative actually a lot of positive in my sense I think um I've always been like very comfortable in my body I did go through a period when I was younger because of depression a lot of other things where I was like borderline anorexic but I honestly think since being a stripper there are girls that I look at you know when they get fake titties and all that stuff where I'm like you know maybe my body would look better like that but I always I feel like coming home from work and you know being able to do what I do and make the money I have with the body that I have yeah it makes me feel good about my body and like it makes me want to take care of it even more so that I can continue to uh, make money with what I do have, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't really f- have any desire to change it. Um, but I'm also young and, you know, <laughs> I don't know. What about you, though, like you said? Yeah, I mean, for me, I guess 
Because I'd always, like, thought about, like, I don't know, like, getting a fake ass or some shit. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, that kind of thing. But, like, I don't... Like, the more that I'm in the industry, like, I just see how valuable my body is. And, like, like you said, like, how well I'm able to do as I am. And I care about, like, taking care of myself and, like, kind of being the best self that I can be. But in a different way, like, I just love seeing so many different kinds of bodies. Like, I just appreciate, like, all kinds of bodies more and, like, seeing people naked. Because we work at a club where people are actually naked. Right. It's, like, you really get to see bodies and see weight distribution and hips in different places and different sized boobs and legs and it's just like there's something so human about it where I just don't even like it's not comparisons exactly it's just kind of like oh like that's kind of cool like bodies come like this and this and this and I even enjoy like seeing everybody's implants or like injections and stuff and like oh that's like interesting like that's cool like that boob job is cool this boob job is less good but still cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I love like seeing people transform like there's I get a special pleasure out of watching new boobs drop right because oh you really get to see it like step by step at our club it's yeah. like you see them and they're new and like all the way up to your neck and then like slowly like they settle and separate and right. stuff <laughs> yeah no I think it's made me more like more confident too I feel like it's kind of half and half with what girls feel about what it's done to their body image I feel like it could affect it in a really negative way But I do think I like what you said about the whole different shapes and sizes. And guys like all kinds of different shapes and sizes is what Mm -hmm. I learned from my job, too. So, you know, if they're looking for a girl with bigger boobs, you know, they can have the girl with bigger boobs. But there will be someone else in the club that likes natural tits. Like, Mm -hmm. a lot of guys do, so. And I also kind of realized, like, the value of, like, just a pretty face, you know. Yeah. Like, just people will look past most bodies if you have a pretty face. That's true. That's why I gotta keep it, keep it nice. Yeah. No acne. Yeah, like, scrub it. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. How do you handle the stigma? Um, the negative kind? Yeah, yeah. The, the stigma of, like, you know, of being a stripper. You, you know, know people say. I'm actually proud of what I do, and if people have something negative to say, then, you know, that's their own opinion. And I've honestly never let it affect me. But I've always kind of been like that, where people's opinions about things is, you know, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one. (laughs) So, you know, if you don't think that stripping is, you know, if you think we're hoes or whatever it is that you have to say about it, then it's like, you know what, okay, cool, you can think what you want. But, like, what I think about what I do is most important to me. So I handle it pretty well, I'd say, um... You know, I mean, I do see things sometimes or I hear things from, like, my family members that hurt just because those are, like, the closest people to me. Like, what if they said? Well, my brother's gotten mad at me one time, and I know it's, like, my brother, but, you know, like, you know, he's called me a hoe, and it's, like, I know that it's, like, a brother-sister relationship thing, but it's even more, like, sensitive to me coming from him because you're my brother and he you know he's always like I support you and everything so it's sad when someone gets upset to see them say things that I feel like they actually um but there's a kernel of truth in it right so but I think coming from my family are the only people that could really like hurt me a little bit with it other than that um I really don't care what people have to say about (laughs) it in a negative way I think like the other big thing is like how people 
look at dancers, like, if we want to migrate to other industries, you know? Right. Yes. So, like, okay, say yeah. you want to migrate to an office job, like, you know, how, like, have you thought about, you know, if you wanted to do other careers, maybe simultaneously or maybe, like, afterwards, like, what you would, what are you going to say? Like, how are you going to address it? Well, um... That's a good question, actually. There are different, definitely different things I want to do that have to do with business and real estate and stuff like that. Um, hopefully, I can keep dancing my life for a long time, though. But I don't know. I actually haven't really thought about it. I guess, you know, if they, if it's not affecting my job in any way and they're just asking me questions about it, I'm, I have no problem with being honest with them, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I definitely wouldn't lie about it, if that's mm -hmm. what you mean, or say, like, I didn't do well, that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think some people will just kind of say, like, oh, I was in sales for five years. Yeah. Know? Oh, yeah, that's a good thing to say. Yeah, because, like, we're in sales, you yeah, know? Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> we're we're working on commission, yeah. like... <laughs> yeah. So people will kind of fudge it that way so that they can put it on their resumes, or they'll be like, oh, I was an artist or an independent contractor doing this kind of thing, like in, you know, sales or some shit, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But it, it's like a complicated thing because otherwise you have like a resume gap. That's true. Um, that's very true. I think before this, I had like six different minimum wage jobs. Actually, I could never keep a job in like <laughs> minimum wage retail because I don't like being told what to do. And yeah. I'm, I like new things and I hate jobs that are super repetitive. That's why I love our job. Cause it's like new shit every day. Yeah. So you never know what to expect. And I like that. So I totally feel that. And it's like, you know, maybe I'll be amenable to people telling me what to do if they're like paying me enough money to tell me what to do. Right. Like if you're paying me like, you know, 12, $14 an hour, like you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, mm, nope, worth more than that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Try again. It just, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel the same, you know? Yeah. Totally agree. So, um, do you have any like notable customers? What do you mean? Like customers that are close to you, customers oh. that stick out to you in your mind. Yes, I do. Um, I have a couple that actually I talk to regularly and they support me with like a lot of different things. Like they support me with helping me figure out what I'm doing next mm -hmm. and um, I hang out with them. Aww. One of them I've even like traveled with and they're like, this is going to sound weird, but like a second dad to me. Like, you know, they give good life advice to me and they genuinely, I can tell, care about me and where I'm going after this. And they don't want to see me, you know, do something that I don't want to do for the rest of my life. But they, they also know that I love my job. So, yeah, I, there is a couple of like probably two main ones that stick out for sure. So what are they like? I mean, you said one of them is kind of like a dad in a way, like he kind of has that attitude, but he's also like... Like, a dad is kind of hot for you, right? Right, yeah. yeah so, it's, like, like kind of a kink of mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the older men. Um, I mean, I do, too, so I feel you. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, you know, you you either do have that kink going into it or you end up having it. I don't know. But they're, like, best yeah. friends to me, honestly. <laughs> I guess you could say. Yeah. Maybe kind of, like, boyfriends. Yeah. I don't know, in yeah. a way. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah, they're, like, like, a, a different a special, a special kind of boyfriend. <laughs> I kind of, I do agree with that. I think, like, either you come in with, like, a daddy kink or you come out of it with a daddy kink. And I wonder if it's, like, 
because you get so much like positive money reinforcement with it like that you're like oh like maybe I like daddies because they keep giving me all this shit right (laughs) and they like they're established and they can like you know Mm -hmm. if need be they will make you feel like you know yeah they can take care of you a little bit like men you know emotionally or whatever it is they they're like more stable people you know yeah it's like they have like lives and careers and stuff that like and like enough money to afford you so like there is something alluring about that kind of thing and I think also like women historically kind of mate for like resources yeah 100% that's just kind of how we (laughs) are like men men mate for beauty and you know offspring and (laughs) other things like that yeah 100% oh um, but they, they take care of you and you have like a pretty good relationship and you said that they kind of, they'll call, like if you call them, they'll come up and, you know, support. Yeah. Always, um, always give good advice. How long have they been kind of with you? Well, the ma- the one that I'm thinking about most, I actually met him my very first night at our club. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that it was, was so weird. He like made my first night. He was one of the people who made my night, my first night really special. How did and he do that? Well, he was about to leave the club, and I went on stage to audition, actually, and I came off, and he tipped me and was like, I'm about to leave, like, I have to catch a plane, but I've really enjoyed watching you dance, I just wanted to let you know, and I was like, and then I, I I don't remember what we started talking about, but we started having a good uh, conversation, he was like, you know what, I can stay for a few more hours, bought, like, three hours with me oh my so god it was great i was like yes oh my god in the bag <laughs> so for people who don't know how much our dances are if you bought three hours with you it was like eighteen hundred dollars that he spent and that's yeah. before tips yeah yeah so it was so really he dope. like made your night for sure 100 <laughs> you know there was like other like vips and stuff but definitely he was like when i think about my first night he's the one i think about and that's like such big money to like start off your kind of foray into dancing it's like you know you're coming out with at least like a rack at that night right yeah i was yeah. like yeah like, oh my <laughs> i was like okay definitely coming back yeah. to this club again yeah i i mean our club is kind of unique that way i um, love yeah i love where we work honestly yeah if you could make anything better about it what would you do Hmm. or if you could just change anything you know like it could be like you would want the dressing room to be bigger or you would want to have cooler lights or you would not want to tip out or you would want to get all of your dance money or yes (laughs) (laughs) no I, I think um for the most part I don't have a whole lot to complain about I would enjoy you know, them, you know, they take some of our wages. I would appreciate maybe if they took less, then they what, could... Like, what percentage would you be comfortable with? Because currently they take, like, 51%. Yeah, and I don't know. I just feel like it's not really theirs at all to take, but I know they have to make their money, too. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I guess I would be comfortable... I don't really know a number, but... Definitely less. And then, you know, if they take less, they'll probably get tipped out more, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like they could get tipped out more. I mean, it would go more directly to... to. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I think that it depends on what the the rent is and stuff and, like, what their bottom line is. But it's kind of... Like, I've never worked at a club where the club was taking, like, 51% of my earnings before. Same. And I've never even heard of that. Yeah, <laughs> like, right? <laughs> it's, like, a little bit more than half. Yeah. And so if I, if, like, in an ideal world, I would be, like, t- 
if you took 10% of my dances... Yeah, like 20, maybe. Maybe, maybe 20, like, I would be cool with that. Like, I would not totally hate, you know. I just think it's kind of, like, weird for them to take a little bit more than half, because it's like, you didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. Like, (laughs) you didn't do, like... They're not even naked. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's beyond me. But I think that's probably the only thing I would change. Um, I pretty much like all of management. I can't really complain about that. Yeah, I feel that way. I mean, I think I like everybody in the way that our club is run because it's very organized and, like, um, it's it's just, like, they have their shit going on, you know? Like, they know how to run things. And, like, I've worked at some very disorganized clubs where it was, like, managers were, like, fucking out in the office doing hella blow and then coming back and like firing people without like any like you know just just being so shitty yeah that's not cool (laughs) yeah it was it was really shitty but I mean it's like that was my very first club and so I didn't even know better I was like oh like this is just you know this is just strip clubs right yeah that's a bad experience a bad first experience to think that that's correct but you have to think that that's normal yeah exactly I also think I mean, you asked my personal opinion, but I know a lot of girls that would gladly like the management to change just because not everyone at our club I heard is treated the same as the next girl. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely... That might be normal, though. I'm not sure. Well, I don't know. I think that our club discriminates a lot. I also agree with that. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Like... Obviously, we don't have any fat dancers. None. My friend didn't even get hired when she auditioned because she had a little bit of chub on her stomach. And she's like a curvy girl. And it's like, that's, there's nothing like unattractive about that. Like, there are plenty of guys who are 100% in for thick girls. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Wonder's like, yeah. Wonder's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, there's like a huge culture for it, I think. And then mm-hmm. black girls almost always get turned away. Like, you have to be like. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. And girls with certain tattoos in certain yeah, places. Yeah. My friend also didn't get hired because she had, you know, random ones on her legs. Which, what was her race? Uh, she was white, and mm-hmm. she was um, she was a ginger. She naturally redhead, oh. short. Um, we don't have. A, I don't see a lot of gingers. I know one ginger that I that we work with, but yeah, there's a couple gingers. There's a couple. And she's a cute girl, but she said that the main reason that they told her she got turned away was because of her random ta- or leg tattoo. She has a lot of tattoos, but there aren't a lot of girls that we work with. I feel like that have a lot of distinct tattoos on their bodies. Yeah, totally. There's a big, um, stigma against that. And then you never, like, they never hire black women with braids, never, never black women with dreads or anything. Um, it's, yeah, it's just really hard. Like, I don't know if I would have gotten in if I didn't have a friend who was working at the club already. Like, I I got into our club because I had a dancer friend who was working there. And I was, like, I sent my photos to the manager and, like, told her to, like, you know, like, get me in. She was like, you should work here. Like, I think you do really well. And you're all good. (laughs) Um, And so she got me the job I think and she was also really really hot like one of the hottest women ever like crazy body and everything so it was like part of it was like her clout and because I mean I've seen so many women who look like me just get turned away that's actually crazy that you said that because I know um I think I've seen probably like two black girls 
like you know they look like they're black um and not mixed with anything and they you're you're right they don't usually have braids they usually have um more straight hair more silky yeah. kind of hair and then the light-skinned girls that work there they have hair like that too or curly hair like you mm-hmm. and um yeah I don't know do you think that it's hard for like mixed girls too also like you that have half black in you like I didn't um, know I think it's easier for mixed girls because like I think for a while it was pretty much just like mixed either black and white or black and Puerto Rican um girls who got in like not fully black like I only know one fully black woman who works at our job and she's like actually African and she's literally like hot like a supermodel like it's crazy right yeah like and she's dark skin and she's the only dark skin that I've like seen at our club which is really wild to me like I'm like are you kidding me like we're like in like Inglewood right exactly that's the thing because when I auditioned at first I was like there's gonna be a lot of black girls in there yeah none like all Spanish all white that's like majority of what there is exactly so yeah Yeah, I mean and I mean we also have like a ton of Eastern European women who work with us yeah that's true a lot of Russian girls yeah I mean so I guess I kind of wonder I wonder if it's like part of it is just being close to the airport like so it's kind of like more like foreign women are like kind of in that area more I, I don't know what's going on I mean I know that our club does some weird stuff where they like have recruit. a they recruit they recruit in eastern europe and through another agency yeah and they fly in the girls and they have their own house yeah have mm-hmm. you ever been to the dancer house um the one in inglewood yeah no i have not um i've been i've picked up one of my friends from there but i've never been in and i haven't really heard great things about living there so i've kind of kept my distance from going there in general i don't really what know did what did you hear on. um well, I know that they have, obviously they have rules by like the club managers and stuff that they have to follow. Um, I heard that, uh, girls were stealing things from each other, mm-hmm. living all together with all the girls like that was just hard for them to do. And I know they had a lot of the, um, club managers coming in and out of the house oh, and that's, that's weird. Cause like, yeah, no privacy. That's kind of what I was feeling about it. Like, I feel like if I'm away from work, I don't want to be in the mix with everyone still. I don't like want to hang with my boss. Yeah, that's a little not the vibe. Yeah, so yeah. That's what I've heard, but. Uh, that's, yeah, okay. That's definitely interesting. Like, I didn't know that the, like, managers and stuff were kind of, like, popping in and out like that. I would feel not very safe with that kind of situation. That's how. Yeah, that's exactly what I was. When I, what I felt when they told me that, that too. That's why I would never want to be there or live there. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of back to the club. What do you do, like, to approach customers? Or do you find that they approach you? Um, it's actually, like, half and half. Uh, you When I go on stage, that's when a lot of... I'll have, you know, the other half of people coming to me. Um, like, hey, I really like the way you dance. Like, maybe you'd want to, you know, do a VIP and see where it goes from there. <laughs> um but when I first get in there, uh, most of the time, I just, I go up to people, I approach them, and mm-hmm. I, you know, kneel by them, and I'm like, what's your name? Oh, and then, the kneeling is, like, an interesting thing. It's kind of like, it's like a diminutive thing, you know? Yeah, I don't, like, I don't usually, it's like, again, another half and half thing. I don't usually immediately go up and, like, just sit on their lap, because, like, you know, I still treat them a little bit. In my opinion, I feel like the respectful thing 
or the way I like to carry myself is ask if they want me to because yeah. I don't want to just be like hey um here I am let me sit on you if they're like yeah. you know I'm not really interested yeah just so they feel comfortable like they realize that I respect their boundaries too so that's kind of how I approach customers and I talk to them like they're like they're my friends like I ask them about themselves because I'm actually really curious about other people's lives <laughs> <laughs> I know. I uh, I mean, I'm also curious, and it's also like, you know, if you know a little bit, then you also know how much money they can spend. <laughs> right, yeah, the shoes, the watches. <laughs> the shoes, the watches, what's your occupation? Right, oh, that's, a, that's the big question. Yeah. yeah. Always ask that. What do you do? What do you do for work? Mm, interesting. <laughs> do you have, like, a part of your beauty routine that you don't like, or do you like all of it? Um... I think I don't I like all of it I think I'm really into makeup I love doing my hair um, it gets a little annoying doing my hair sometimes because I have a lot of it and I like to style it for work like straighten it or curl it because I naturally have really like beachy looking hair so um <laughs> that doesn't seem like a bad thing it's not it's not a bad thing but uh I feel like for some of the things that I wear my hair looks better like in big curls or like more glamorous okay so try to fit that person a little bit other than that though I pretty much enjoy doing everything do, uh, do you like shave your whole body or do you wax um, I don't wax I shave my whole body but if my leg has like a little bit of like furriness on it and I don't feel like it's like you know too much if it's too much of a hassle for me to completely shave everything I'll leave that be I usually shave my like vagina and all that stuff I know some girls don't though they do mm -hmm. you know they keep it the patch or they do like the lines and stuff like that which mm -hmm. is really cool um I just I've never experimented with that like I yeah. just don't do it but I think it's cool is it just because it's like kind of extra like an extra hassle or like a you have to figure it out or? um no not really my hair down there doesn't get super dark mm. it's kind of like it's my hair naturally is kind of fine so I don't know if I've ever had it dark enough to where it would look right. Oh, yeah, so it's just kind of patchy and light. Yeah, but I feel like maybe if I let it grow for a little bit, I could try the line. The line's cool. I kind of like that. Or, like, the... I know some girls do the triangle. Yeah, I like the triangle, too. The triangle's kind of cool. It's cute. Yeah. Did you, Were you always, like, big into, like, shaving everything? Um, yeah, because my parents being in fitness, they've always, my dad even, like, waxes his legs and everything. What? I know, because they have to get on stage in, like, bikinis and stuff, and their muscles, you know, it's like, muscles. Holy shit, wait, is your dad a bodybuilder, too? He was, yeah. He oh, was. my God, holy shit. I know, he he's huge now still, but he's more, <laughs> like, softer, because he's, you know, not in season, but, <laughs> so my parents have always, and my mom's Cherokee Indian, so she doesn't even grow hair. It's insane. Oh. So, yeah. Wait, what's your ethnicity? Uh, my mom's Cherokee Indian, and her, D her DNA test said she has Russian in her, mm -hmm. and, like, you know, other European stuff, but mainly, like, Cherokee, and then my dad's um, Mexican. Okay. But he doesn't look Mexican. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I had, I did, oh, that's so cool that you have, like, parents that are just out there bodybuilding. Is your dad still competing? Uh, no, he's not anymore. I don't know if he ever will. He's like, he has a really in intense job and a really busy schedule. So it's not, it was like a two or three time thing for him just to say he did it and he stays in shape, but he doesn't compete anymore. No, no. Okay. Well, that's so cool. Um, what's your favorite song to dance to? That's such a hard question. Um, 
Well, the songs I danced to, I love dancing to, I don't know if this narrows it down, but I love dancing to Lady Gaga. I, my name also came from her too. Um, Britney Spears and like The Weeknd. Those are like my favorite artists, but, um, favorite song to dance to. Right now, like I always dance to Womanizer (laughs) and like, I don't know why it's just, I don't know. It's just, I love dancing to that song. That's one of the many. Also, oh, Venus is a song that I dance to by Lady Gaga. Because it's my name. If it wasn't explained. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Don't need to explain that one. What's something that stripping has taught you that you wouldn't have learned otherwise, you think? Mm. Or just something that stripping has taught you? Um, Well, it's definitely taught me how to carry myself around men. It's taught me... It's made me kind of like a woman, like, you know, um, what to, like, it's taught me a lot about relationships, actually, and what kind of men I want to be with. Um, In what way? Well, I don't know, it's put me around a lot of, like, older guys who, because it goes both ways, I feel like you either meet guys that completely, like, degrade you. Um, or it can be in the middle too. Or then there's like guys that come in there and they completely adore like the people that they're hanging out with. Mm -hmm. And like those kind of guys, even though they may be like lonely or whatever, it's like, you know, it's taught me more to be around guys who are the the appreciative ones. Cause you see a lot of guys who are like assholes also. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's like the biggest one, I think. No, I mean, I think that that's kind of like a great revelation in a way is to like, because you're just experiencing like a huge, like a massive sample of men of all kinds, all different ages, all different incomes, races, everything. Like they're just all men show up and like you have an interaction with them. So you get to know like a million different kinds of people and how they are. And like it it definitely does inform like, you know, what you're into And also, I think that is really smart, like, your, like, how you carry yourself. Like, I think that that is definitely something that I've learned, like, how to, like, exude this, like, powerful woman energy. Exactly. I like that. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, you don't deserve me, mortal men. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) It just, like, helps me appreciate, like, like you said, too, like we talked about earlier, all different kinds of girls, all different types of people like body type this made me even more open about like sexuality and all that stuff too which is so cool Mm. I love that it's great (laughs) if you had like any tips for like a person who's new to the industry what would you give them like what would you tell them um I'd say the biggest thing that I always remind myself still to this day is like like know yourself and hold on to it and like don't let other people in the industry industry tell you who you are and who you aren't because like you know there has been times where I've put myself in situations in the industry where I'm just like this isn't me like this isn't how I want to feel or what I want to be important about my job so I think you know I heard a saying someone said make your money don't let it make you like that's it's a big thing I think so Mm -hmm. yeah because you know money can change you a little bit just a little bit yeah <laughs> money can definitely change you I mm-hmm. mean I think it's something that we all struggle with in the way like you know blowing money or 
throwing like or showing your money and stuff like that like there's it, it definitely changes things you know whenever you suddenly like have as much as we do you right. know how has like how has the quarantine affected you um it's like it's been pretty hard actually like some days some days it's good some days it's bad I think honestly overall it's been a it's been positive because other than dancing and my job there are like little things that I like to do like painting and drawing and spending time with my family and you know like just little things in life like that that I think it's helped me reappreciate in a way that like sometimes when I'm working so much at our job I'm so emotionally and mentally exhausted that I don't give those things time anymore but um other than that I think not being able to work has hurt me a little bit not not in like any way besides mentally just because like my job is like soothes my soul a little bit I love dancing so (laughs) that's one bad thing I kind of I kind of feel that like I have felt like a withdrawal from dancing in a way because like it really and like you said it soothes my soul in a weird way like I realize I have like this kind of well for me personally I have like this kind of like wild sexuality so I'm just like super like out there and like part of dancing just like is like oh like cool like like I get it out of my system and then I can like go back to my life and do my writing and do my podcasting and all of that and like be chill yeah. And the other thing is, like, I miss being worshipped, like, on the <laughs> <Right>. regular. <laughs> oh, you're so beautiful. Like, oh, my God, you're so stunning. I would do anything to be with you, and right. here's all of my money to show it. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> I love that you said that, because it's so true. I definitely miss that. But when this quarantine's over, I'm definitely not going to take work for granted anymore. Sometimes I'm like, eh, this and that. But it's like, no, that's all I want to do. Yeah. So. Totally feel yeah. that. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Gather round, children. I'm going to tell you a ghoulish story of the Shadow Phantom. Welcome to the land of Shadowban. The uncanny place of the tragic Shadow Phantom. Invisible on social media. Only able to make ghoulish gripes in the nether about inappropriate censorship and algorithmic discrimination. Without hashtagging any of their complaints for fear they too will disappear into oblivion. It's so spooky. How Playboy and Pornhub are allowed to post barely blurred nipples, but sex workers can't wear colored bikinis. Influencers can post erotic content, but as soon as <gasps> money is explicitly discussed or God forbid, an OnlyFans link is dropped, suddenly they disappear. Forever. The shadow band land has been discussed in myth and legend, but nobody has come in contact with the real shadow phantom. But they say, on a clear night, off peak hours, you can hear their whisper escape. Just donate to my Just For Fans. And that's the chilling myth of the shadow phantom. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for talking to me. Where can we find you on social media? Um, my Instagram was is the main thing that I use. It's Spooky Hot Cheeto. 
Um, that's a whole last story to it too. But that's where you can find me on Instagram. And yeah. Cool. So I'm Selena the Stripper. You can follow me on Instagram at Pretty Boy Girl. You can follow this podcast at Ho in the Know. Um, you can subscribe to my Patreon, and there's all kinds of really dope stories. Like this week, I talked about camming for a woman, and it was super beautiful, and multiple people have told me that they cried. So anyway, you, if you want to follow that, go to Patreon and search for me at The Real Pretty Boy Girl. Thank you so much for tuning in, and have a wonderful quarantine, y'all. Bye! <laughs> more money, I want your money, I want more money. 